to your name, Jesus. Oh, brothers and sisters, we give God glory, honor, and praise today. Hallelujah. In the sanctuary. Hallelujah. We just thank him for his goodness, his grace, and his mercy. Hallelujah. Amen to God. Oh, hallelujah. Who is like the Lord? Who is like the Lord? Somebody said nobody. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. We bring you greetings here to Praise by Nature Ministries. Hallelujah. I am so elated and elated. Amen. To be in the house of God one more time. Hallelujah. Amen. He is the strength of my life. Hallelujah. Amen. And we just bring you greetings. Hallelujah. Amen. If you be so kind, amen. Um, and turn with me to the book of Psalms uh, 73. Psalms 73. Hallelujah. Amen. That is where we will take our reading from today in the book of Psalms 73. Hallelujah. There's a lot in Psalms, amen, that we want to discuss today. Amen. The Lord's put upon my heart. Amen. Um, and I've been going back and forth in my head on uh, which, <laughs> which scripture I want to lead with. Amen. To set this thing up today. Amen. And I believe, amen. I believe, amen, we're going to... We'll start, we're just going to read, um, we're going to read just uh, verse 1 through 2, amen. We're going to read verse 1 through 2, amen, and we'll go ahead and get into this text. Father, we bless your name. We thank you right now, God. We thank you, God, for the praise and worship and the admiration that has been given to you and the honor and the reverence that has been given to you, Father. Lord, we just ask you, Lord God, to speak through me, God, in the precious name of Jesus. God, let your people hear your word today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Scripture reads in Psalm 73, uh, starting at verse 1 and verse 2, this is a psalm of Asap. Asap, Asap, hallelujah. And he says something very interesting. He says, I'm reading from the New American Standard Translation. If you know here at PBN, favorite passage I like to read from. It says, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet came close to slipping. My steps had almost slipped. I want to lead here today by quoting what Asap says in verse 2. Simply put, I almost slipped. I almost slipped. Amen. I almost, I almost, almost slipped. Almost slipped. Amen to God. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, 
Hallelujah. We begin to see and perceive something here. Amen. In this text. Hallelujah. And before we go here in the text, amen, there is something, amen, that we ought to, hallelujah, we ought to really realize here. And there's something that was on my mind here as I was preparing, amen. And it was in, uh, sec- it was in Second Philippians, I mean, not Second Philippians, but Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. And it was something to this effect that God said, uh, through Paul, and he said to the church, and it's really just been sticking with me, and we've been saying it for the past several weeks, amen, but Paul keeps saying that uh, we need to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. You guys may have heard that, amen, if you've been following, but that keeps ringing in my spirit, that you and I need to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, and, 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 and the word fear, again, is just we need to reverence God. We need to revere him. We need to honor him. Hallelujah. We need to, we need to reverence and worship him and respect him. And, 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 and trembling is simply uh, uh, in awe of him. And I used this example last week, and I'm going to use it again to highlight what we mean here. Because if you paint the picture, a lot of us have a favorite artist or have a favorite songwriter, and sometimes a movie actor, and sometimes uh, uh, some actually hold those individuals in reverence and in awe. What do I mean? I mean that some of them, when they see them, they begin to tremble. They begin to shake. They begin to go goo goo gaga. They can't speak out of their mouth. They, they lose. They lose how they speak. Some even lose their, their. They can't. They can't stop shaking. They. There's so much in reverence and in awe. And then if dare dare them even touch them, then they just fall out. Y'all have seen folk like that. Y'all have seen those things happen. And Paul is really trying to say. You need to have that same reverence and awe of God. That when you're in the presence of God, you're not trying to disrespect him. Mm. That when you're in the presence of God, my God, uh, you are going to honor and reverence him. Matter of fact, when he talks, you're just not even looking up because, my God, it, it, God is here. God is here. And, 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 and you're not putting anybody else Above God, not putting anybody else above God and above who God is. And, I'm, and we're in a time where people want to put God above, I put things above God. And Paul is saying that you have to do the other thing and put God first. And you have to learn how to work out your salvation. And so it's interesting that in Psalms, 73, we are going to really see something here that we normally don't see. But I pray that it's going to help you to understand why you need to work out your salvation and the result of you working out your salvation. 
Now, I, I, I'm asking you to keep your Bibles open, amen, because I'm going to go through these scriptures, amen. Hallelujah. We're doing something a little different. I want you to keep your Bibles open. We're going to flow through these scriptures, amen, because I want you to see what God is really trying to tell us. So then the first verse that God, that, that, that Asab writes, he says this opening announcement and pronouncement. He, he pronounces that God is good. How many can say that God is good? Didn't we just sing a song that God is good? <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, God is so good, I'm trying to tell you. Uh, and First Lady even talked about just reflecting back over her life. That I can tell, I, I, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is good. Asap is pronouncing and reflecting back on a moment in his life and says that God is good. He says that he is good to Israel. We can substitute that to say that he is good to his believers now. He is good to those who are pure in high. Mm -hmm. Good means having a desirable or positive quality, especially those suitable for a thing specified. Psalms 86 and 5 says, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. He begins to say he is good to those who are pure. Pure simply means he is good to those who are guiltless, who are in the state of being clean, free from guilt and sin. He is good. God is good. Asab is saying God is good. I want you to think about this because I know that you can think back over your life and see how God has brought you through something and you can have the testimony that Asap says and says that God is good. Hallelujah. I remember that song, God has been good to me. God is good. Matthew 5 and 8 says, Bless all the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So then we go on to see verse 2 now. He establishes his pronouncement. He is announcing to the public that God is good to Israel. He is good to those who are clean. This is an announcement here. But now watch now that he now shifts. Let's look at the shift. Because verse 2 says, he says, but as for me, he says, he, listen what he says, God is good to Israel. God is good to know that it's pure in heart. But now he starts to evaluate himself. He says, but as for me, I almost slipped. I know God is good to his people. I know God is good to those who are pure. But as for me, there came a point in time where I didn't recognize the goodness of God and I almost slipped. Mm, mm, mm. He drifts back on a memory and says there came a time in my life where I almost gave up on God. I almost drifted away. I 
almost went to the wrong side. I don't know about you, but have you ever had a time in your life where you just said, I know God is good, but as for me, I just ain't feeling him no more. I almost slipped. I almost gave up. I almost went to the other side. I almost went back to the dark side. I almost, almost slipped. Hallelujah. Here's the key here. He says, slip simply means to be stretched out. He almost was extended or stretched out to a greater or fuller. He almost was stretched out to the point where he's like, I'm done. And he says slipping or slip simply means that he was almost in a uncontrolled manner. He got to the point where he was in, he was facing a point that he was uncontrolled. He was, uh, he was, he wasn't in control anymore. Something inside of him was saying, you need to leave God. You need to go the other way. I don't know about you, but have you ever heard the enemy try to talk to you and try to get you to leave God? They, they try to tell you you ain't anointed. Try to tell you even while you're ministering that you ain't no good. The devil, the devil is a liar. You got to learn how to rebuke them. The enemy will try to sneak up upon you. Try to tell you ain't good. Try to flash your mind with things. But you got to speak against that thing because God is still good. Hallelujah. He's still good. But he says... Something almost got into me. Something got into me. And, 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 and something was on, on the inside that I was letting fester on the inside that almost made me slip away. I don't know about you, but have you ever caught the case of an attitude or, uh, or a, a, a vexed spirit to something that has come on the inside that says, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, God. To the fact, well, now you're getting angry, God. ASAP is saying, listen, something got a hold of me that made me almost cold back to my old self that made me almost put my Holy Ghost down that almost made me go back to the streets and cuss everybody out but God is good God is good he's still good Mm. so he says that I was close I was close I was close ooh he says ooh I was so close and through 3 through 14, he tells you why he was close to going to the other side. Verse 3 says, I was envious of the arrogant, and I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He says, number one, I was envious. He highlights two words. I was envious of the arrogant and the second word, and I saw how the wicked was getting everything that I wanted. They was prospering. Oh. He said that he had envy in his heart. He was jealous of what they had. He saw them uh, being prosperous, he saw a person boasting with pride about what they had. I don't know about you, but have you ever been bitter to the point that you were envious of your neighbor because your neighbor is moving up and you ain't? 
he said, I was looking at them. And I saw what they were, I saw what they were getting, and I wasn't getting that. And I started being jealous. Mm. I started letting that bitter grow on the inside of me. Mm. I was envious. And I was envious because they were prospering, and I wasn't. He saw them. He saw them growing up in the things. Mm. Psalms 37 and 37 7 says, the Bible counteracts this attitude and says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked scheme. The problem is, and in today's society, we are not being patient in the things of God. And ASAP saying, there was a time in my life when I didn't have any patience. There's a time in my life where I was like, man, I need a new house. I want some new Jordans. I need this. I need a raise. Why well, ain't getting a raise? How come they make it 200K and I ain't? We doing the same job. What's happening? How come they got a two-story house and I'm still living in a one-story flat? What's going on here? He said, my heart mm, got jealous. Mm. I'm jealous. And I, and I started to do the opposite of what God is telling me to do because God says you need to have a spirit of patience. He says numerous times, you need to learn how to wait on the Lord. We, we quote it. He says, wait on the Lord and you shall renew your strength. You shall mount on wings like eagles. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and faint not. He says you need to have a spirit of wait. Have a spirit of wait. Oh God, I feel like shouting up here. Mm. So he says he was envious because he saw the people in the world who were prospering. Oh, oh, and it gets better, he says. And then also he notices in verse 4 that there are no pains in their death and their body is fat. From, so from his viewpoint, he saw them not have any physical hurts or disorders. He couldn't tell that they were just faking the phone because everybody, whether you save or not save, is going through something physically. But how they carried themselves, they carried themselves as if they didn't have any pain. They, 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 they looked like they were just all that in a bag of chips. And he said, I'm looking from a distance and I'm seeing that there's no pain even when they die. He's saying, I'm seeing that their bodies are just healthy and strong. Mm, God help me. So he says, his heart was envious because he couldn't see no pain in them. He saw that they, their bodies were healthy and strong. So what is he doing like some of us do already? He is comparing the world to himself. He's comparing what he sees to how he views himself. Mm. He's compared them already. I ain't prosperous, but they is. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, I feel pain every day. But look at them. They pain free. Not knowing they may be taking some, some psychosis type of drugs to, 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 to ease the pain. You don't know. You don't know. Then he says, 
In verse 5, he says, when I looked at them, he says, they are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like mankind. He says, their troubles are not like other troubles. He said, they ain't getting in trouble like other folk is. He also noticed that the wicked are not being plagued like the same folk. Mm. This is what's happening today. We're supposed to be suffering for the name of God. We know that this is not the end. We know that we know that we have something on the other side. But what happens? We get beside ourselves because we see that the world is not being played. And we say, well, man, well, I don't know, God. I don't know. I don't know. And we see that they say Jesus. We see that they talk in a fake tongue, but we think it's God. We, 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 we just so caught up on our eyes and not holding to the scriptures what God says uh, that the glory has not yet even been revealed. Better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. We got something better coming on the other side. But sometimes when we get jealous, we forget that we got something on the other side and we just become laser focused on our neighbors in there. Not realizing that all that they have is vanity and empty because you can't take that away when you go in the grave. Bill Gates quoted, all the money I got before he died, I can't take none with, with me. What's the point of me having all this money and I can't take not even a dollar with me on the other side? Mm. So he says, they're not being afflicted, not being played. So right now, we begin to see his mindset. We begin to see how he views the world. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, it gets, oh, it gets better. <laughs> Did not look at verse 6. He says, therefore, therefore, pride is their necklace, and the garment of violence covers them. Come on, y'all. He notes that pride, and he notes that the system of the world that he is jealous of, they walk around with pride, and they wear violence as, as, as clothes. Meaning... That they are, they, are, they, they are very proud to have violence and they walk around just pride. He now is looking at some things within himself. And he's looking at the world. They walk around pride. They, pride, they, they're unreasonable, right? They're, they, 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 he walks around, he says, look at them, they're unreasonable. They're just walking with pride. And look at them. They have all this acts of aggression. They, they're fighting. Look at, look, at, look, at, look at what they're doing. And he's saying, I'm looking at all this, and I almost slipped looking at all of this. I almost slipped. 
Because I was like, man, look at what they're doing. Look, wait a minute. Let me put it to you this way. They're just so free. They can just say whatever they want to say. There's no repercussions for what they're doing. You know, folk, they just talk off the top of their head. And then you got doctors saying, well, you can just say what you want to say, and then you can just sleep at peace. Never holding their tongue, never taming that tongue, never saying that what comes out of my mouth can be life or death. They don't care. You got people who are, all, who, 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 who are assassinating people every day with them lips. And then they don't care. And he's saying, look at them. There's some assassin they assassinating people all day. And they keep on ticking. Ain't nothing happening to them. But here I am saved and trying to keep my peace. Trying to say that, you know, what comes in, I'm not trying to show you what's in my heart. I'm trying to ask God to fill my heart. But look at these people. They can cuss them out and they feel happy. But I got to hold my cuss in. I got to say, God, help me not to cuss. You know I'm telling the truth. God, help me not to slap this person up down the street. I need to be saved. I want to be in heaven. But he's saying these people are free to act on how they feel. And he said, man, I almost gave in to that. Some of me wanted to just, I just wanted to just tell somebody one time how I really, 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 really feel. I just wanted to tell them up down the street, round the corner, so that I can sleep at peace and not be stressed and not be praying 10 hours and fasting so that I can keep my mouth safe. He said, I, I almost, almost slipped. Mm. I almost gave in. Boy, I just need five minutes. He's showing you ASAP is giving you an insight to how some of us feel. Because I know, I know I ain't the only one that want to just put my Holy Ghost down a couple times and tell you how a T.I. is. But something said no. Do you know you can do five minutes worth of damage that cost you a lifetime of repenting, you may do so much damage, you may get locked up in jail for 10 years. Because you ain't working out your salvation. You looking at what the world does, and you think that because the world says it's cool, you can do it. <laughs> Look at what verse 7 through 10. Verse 7 through then, then says this. And this just hit me. It, it, it's really a theme of how the wicked can do all kind of evil and yet they still prosper. I want to read this from, I'm going to read verse 7 and 8 from the, uh, from the net translation. I just like how this says. 7 and 8 says, their prosperity caused them to do wrong. Their thoughts are sinful. They mock and say evil things. They proudly threaten violence. Listen to what it says. Their prosperity caused them to do wrong. Their thoughts are sinful. <laughs> These sinful people, from Asaph's perspective, keep getting the best of the best. Don't you know, folks? 
You know, for they just evil, they conniving, and they say, you know, they the deputy director. How in the world did they become the deputy director and they not even right? How did they become the CEO and they not right? You know they're not right. They don't even work. And now they, they the CEO. How in the world? They just cussed me out last week and they said they're a Christian. How are they getting blessed? And I'm still here. Why, God? Why? ASAP. Noting. They keep prospering. And, 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 and he says, every time they prosper, it causes them to keep doing wrong. He says, their thoughts are sinful, and they are mocking God. They are saving, saying evil things. And Asap is saying, I almost slipped. I almost went with them to start mocking God. Because you know, when you leave God, you got it to be in with them. You got to mock God. You got to mock the church. And I'm, and I'm sorry to tell you, some of us got to stop mocking God and telling us that we Christians, you can't do one and the other. You can't serve two masters. You're going to love one and hate the other. You can't be tiptoeing outside and tiptoeing in the church. Mm, the devil is a liar. He said that they, that they, that they were... That, 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 that they were prospering. Now watch this. Jeremiah 5.28 says, They are fat. They are sleek. They also exceed, excel in deeds of wickedness. They do not plead the cause, they, they, the, the, the cause of the orphan that they may prosper. And they do not defend the rights of the poor. This is the type of people, Asaph said, I almost slipped. This is the type of people that some church folk is going back to. I want to be in a place where the, the, that, that the wickedness deeds excel. I want to be in a place that I don't have to plead my case. I don't want to be held accountable to God. I just want to be held accountable to myself. You know, folk, that said, can't nobody tell me. Ain't nobody going to have no authority over me. Ain't nobody going to do this and do that. That's witchcraft. That's witchcraft. We all, are, we all should be submitting to under the authority of Christ. Switchcraft. But yet and still, he says, I was looking at them, and because something was in my heart that I couldn't shake. Wait a minute. I didn't want to shake. No, I want you to, I want you to pause here. Notice he didn't shake it off. He didn't shake it off. He, 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 he pondered upon it. He came, he's giving this some serious thought because he's being very detailed in how these people are living their life. Mm. They mocked. They pleaded. They don't plead their case to the, they call, they, the cause of an orphan that they may prosper. They get over those people. They mock and they seek oppression. Look at what Psalms one and one says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. And what's even interesting is that these people are speaking from a high authoritative state. 
They're speaking as if there is somebody in a bag of chips. You, you know, there are a lot of folk who think they're higher than what they really is. And they feel that they, they, that they are that because they have the right to say what they want to say and do what they want to do anytime, every day. So they feel that they're higher than they, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm this. Because I got a million followers on Instagram, even though I can't talk to them all, but I got all these things. So I'm, I'm batting the bag of chips. I'm an influencer. They feel this thing. They eat this thing. Second Peter has something to say about them. He says, for speaking out arrogant words of vanity, they entice by fleshly desires, by sensuality, those who barely escape from one who lives in error. He's saying that even those, he, Peter is contradiction now. He, 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 I mean, he's, he, 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 he's speaking on the other's perspective. That these people who ASAP is, is looking at, the words that they speak are vanity. They're empty. And they are manufactured by fleshly desires. So can we agree right now that ASAP was given into fleshly desires? And can we agree, and, and I submit to you, that some of you have given into fleshly desires and thought about leaving the church? And I'm here to tell you that you need to rebuke those fleshly desires and come back to God. Amen. Jude 16 says, These People who are in fleshly and desires, these are grumblers, finding fault. They follow their own lusts. They speak arrogantly. They got flattery lips for the sake of gaining an advantage. Mm. Some, 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 mm. hallelujah, some have this. Then verse 9 and 10 says, I like how the New Living quotes this. He says, They boast against the very heavens, and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. Now watch this. I don't know if you're with me. If you're with me in the Bible, why don't you look at verse 10? He says, he talks about how Israel is now confused and, and Israel is drunk in the words of the wicked. You see that? Let, let, let me hit verse 9. Verse 9 says that it lets us know that the evil ones speak as if they rule heaven and they speak as if they are the owners of earth. The, the ASAP is saying, look at these people. They talk as if they created heaven. They talk as if they own earth. They come up with theories to, to make them feel like they own heaven, heaven but yet want to seek a higher power. How, that don't even make any sense. If you own heaven, then how come you need to seek a higher power? <laughs> if you don't own it, I don't know why you need to... Who, 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 who are you talking to? You, you trying to summon yourself? That's what the world is doing. Right, right. They trying to do this all. They trying to go to Saturn and all and seek all this demonic stuff. But they talk as if they rule heaven. How do you have authority to rule heaven? And yet you trying to seek heaven. Mm. 
I don't know, something strange about that. They lay claim to the earth. Now, I want you to talk, I want you to understand this. Who are they acting like? They're acting like they daddy. Who's they daddy? Satan. Revelations 13 and 6 says, from a New Living Translation says, and he spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God, slandering his name and his dwelling, and his dwelling that is those who dwell in heaven. This is what, this is what the enemy is doing. He's blaspheming God's name. He's slandering his name. He's mocking them, right? In that dwelling place and those who dwell in heaven. Now, verse 10 again is interesting because it says that Asaph now speaks about how the children of Israel, or now we can insert the church, is drunk and confused by the wicked speech and the lifestyle. Can I, can I pause here? How many of us at one point in time admit that we may have been confused trying to intertwine the world and the church? What do I mean by that? I mean, there, there's always been a point in some of our lives where we're trying to take some of what the world does and bring it into the house of God. Because we have been mesmerized and confused by what the world is doing. To the point now, he is saying, when Israel is coming, when the church is coming, they are drunk. This is how wicked they is. They are drunk by what the world is doing. Mm, some of you are drunk even now with the world. Don't even know when God is calling. You saying Jesus on the main line, you don't even know when the main line is ringing. Because you're so drunk with the world. Ah, God. You're so drunk in the world. You just, you just want to come to church to check off a box. You just want to come to church to just dance. I, I saw a clip today. I saw a person that was dancing. They was supposedly praising. Their mouth wasn't praising. They were just moving their arms. If you're going to dance, you're going to celebrate God. You ain't just going to be moving and just be moving. You may be having another spirit inside of you. You just can't come to the house of God to just have an experience and not really talk to him, but just to have a, 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 oh, 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 a form of God. Mm. <laughs> he says Israel was confused. Israel was drunk with them. Dare I say some of our people today are so drunk that they won't come to church or they'll bring the world into the church trying to change the church, trying to change what the Bible is. They're so drunk that they want to rewrite what the word of God says because something in their heart is telling them that they want to see what the world has. Mm. I don't know. Israel was drunk. He said it, it affected the church. <laughs> That's crazy. It affected them. The whole city. Mm, mm, mm. But let me show you now how it really 
affected Asaph. Asaph notes that the church was drunk in this. But let me point out to you how it really affected Asaph. Asaph. Look at what verse 11 and 12 says. And I want to read it from the New Living Translation. He says, what does God know? They are, he's pointing out what the wicked says. Excuse me. He's pointing out what the wicked says. The wicked says, what does God know? They ask. Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying life in ease while their, while their riches multiply. Listen to the dangerous, dangerous, dangerous speeches that they say. And listen to what the church is hearing. What does God know? Does God even hear your prayers? Mm. Is God even listening to you? Who, what does he know? Does he look at us and see how rich we're going to? Or better, let me, let me flip it. Does he see the little babies that are starving on the street? Is God really here? Don't you hear that? They're mocking God. They're trying to tell you that God is not real. The devil is a liar. This is dangerous because if a community is drunk off the world, they then begin to believe the lie that maybe God is not real. Because if he was real, there would be no homeless. There will be none this. There will be none that. There will be none that. That's the argument that some of y'all make. And I'm telling you, the devil is a liar. God is real. God, he is real. And I ain't hiding behind no camera. I tell you on the street corner, he is real. But the world will try to have you to believe that he is not real. And because they get you drunk with all of their commercials or all their desensitizing you and all of these other things, you feel in your heart that he is not real. Asaph said, I was in this community and it got a hold of me. I almost slipped. I almost went away. I almost believe these jokers telling me that God is not real. Mm. God, have a book Hallelujah. I almost believe these fools telling me that he ain't real. I'm telling you, don't believe the lie. Don't believe what they're saying. They are foolish. They are wicked. They want you to go to hell with them. The devil is a liar. You better stand up. Lebokosha. Better cry loud and spare not. It's dangerous. This is dangerous. How dare you question God's authority? How dare you question that he is real? This is why some of y'all are into all of that wicked stuff. Some of y'all into that yoga. Some of y'all into that meditation. Some of y'all into that higher power because you believe that God is not real. And so you want to go another way. I'm here to tell you that what you're doing is foolish and you need to come back to Jesus. Some of y'all are hurt. And because you're hurt, you are looking outside of Jesus because the world has told you that he's not real. 
Ain't no incense going to bring him back. Ain't no incense going to change that. Ain't no looking at no rock going to change that. What you need is a call on the name of Jesus, and he will change your life. He is real. I hear that song. Yes, God is real, for I can feel him in my soul. <laughs> God, <laughs> glory to your name. Hallelujah. Jesus is real. I know he's real. The Lord is real to me. Hallelujah. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. He is real. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and exalt his name together. Jesus is real. Mm. Hey, God, glory. He's real. You let these jokers tell you that he's not real. Don't you let them try to spew that nonsense. This is why Job said what he said. He said, but you replied that that's why God can't see what I'm doing. When Job was going through, his friends are saying, God don't see what, he, what you're doing. How can he judge through, the, through this thick darkness? What? It's foolish. Everything that they said is foolish. Let me tell you what Proverbs 15 and 3 says. It says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good. They say, does God even look at us? Proverbs says, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. And he's looking at the good and the evil. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. The world is trying to tell you that God ain't real, that he can't see you. But the Bible says that he is real. This is what Asa was talking about when they are mocking God. Mm. Now we have to get to his, there, there comes a breaking point now. This is his breaking point. Verse 13 and 14. Listen to what he says. And I like how the New Living puts this. He says, ASAP now says, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. Every morning brings me pain. Look at what he started to do. He says that Israel was drunk with wickedness. He says that Israel was hearing that they said there is no God. And look at what he started to say. Am I, let's put it in 2023 terms. Am I living, is, is me living for God really doing it? Am I really, is this really working? Am I really, is all this sacrifice mount up to anything? Is God even really real? Am I going through this suffering for nothing? That's what he says. Did, did I keep myself pure for, not, for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for nothing? Some of y'all may be thinking that even right now. Am I living for Jesus for, a thing, for anything? Is, is, is Jesus, does he really know my heart? 
This is what the world does. It makes you even question whether or not living for Jesus is right. Oh, he said, am I even living right? Am I even doing things right? Am I doing what God wants me to do? Is this even, is this even real? Is this even real? Is this even real? And I'm here to tell you that Jesus is real. Watch this. You can tell now that the weight of the world is upon his shoulders. How many of us have experienced the weight of the world on our shoulders? We feel so much pressure. We feel so much pain. We feel so much this and that. We feel the world on our shoulders to the point where we just said, man, I don't even know if living for Jesus is even feasible anymore. He got to the point where he's like, I don't even know if this is even real in his mind. And if you start thinking in your mind, your body will follow in a, in a, in a, few, in a few. This is dangerous. This is a dangerous situation. Now watch this. But then there's a wake-up call. In verse 15 through 17. He says in 15, he says, he pondered again and then says, if I had really, this is from the New Living, he says, if I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. He ponders this over and over. We don't know how long he ponders this, but he says, but if I act upon what I'm feeling, I will be a traitor. He starts to say, something is not right. Something is wrong with me. Something is not right. He says, because ASAP is a leader, I don't want that blood on my hands. I know I feel this way. I know that I almost slipped. But I don't want to be responsible for a generation slipping also. There are so many people now that are responsible for generations slipping because of how they felt and how they did not line it up with the word of God. He said, if I, and I thought about this, I thought about this, and I said, man, there is something going on. Now, watch what he does. This is really in verse 16. He says, then I, he says, when I pondered upon this, it was troublesome in my sight. So watch what happens. Now that he knows something ain't right, now he's trying to figure it out on his own, how to fix it. He's doing what most of us do, what all of us do. We know something is wrong, and the first thing that we try to do is figure out what's wrong with us. Why do I feel the way that I do? And he, he begins to say, I'm trying to, I'm pondering upon this. I'm trying to understand the wicked. I'm trying to understand this thing. 
but my soul is being troubled every time I try to figure it out. He starts to admit that my spirit is troubled. I'm trying to figure these jokers out. I'm trying to understand why they're doing what they're doing. I'm trying to understand why I want to do what they do, even though I know that it's wrong. Oh, but here comes the main point. He says this, until I came into the center of God, then I perceive therein. He says, it's not until I went to church. It's not until I went into the presence of God. It's not until I got on my knees and I had a conversation with Jesus that then Jesus cleared everything up. And then I really perceived that the wicked has an end. Hmm. I'm trying to tell you here that he admits his wrong. He admits the wrong that he was doing. He, he is saying that how he was troubled in the spirit. But he says, but once I got to Jesus, he sorted everything out of my spirit. He corrected my foes. He corrected my heart. He corrected my mind. He said that now you can see you can see that what you were feeling is nothing but the enemy. He says, but it wasn't until I sought God that everything changed. I'm trying to tell you mm, that even in these last and evil days, it is up to you to seek God. Yes, you may have some things in your heart, and yes, you may have some things in your spirit. But Asap realized, hallelujah to your name, Jesus, that there was something else on the inside greater than the world. The Bible said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He almost slipped. He didn't slip. He almost slipped until he came to the presence of God. Asap is trying to tell you that if you want to come out of that bitterness that you are in, because Asap admits later in the chapter that he was bitter in his spirit, Asap realizes that the root of the problem was because he was bitter with God. But once he realized, hallelujah to your name, that the reason why I I almost slipped wasn't because I was really jealous. It was because I was bitter. But when I got into the presence of God, God straightened me out. God worked me over and God changed my mindset. I'm here to tell you that it's time to get back into the presence of God. It's time to get back seeking God. It's time to do what Asap did. Yes, he pondered leaving God. Yes, he went through all of the steps of leaving God. But then he called on God one last time. And when he called on God one last time, God came in and he rearranged him. He told him what was going on. He made what he was looking upside down, right side up. He changed his mind. 
mindset and say, look here, brother, the wicked have an end. The wicked is going to hell. Everybody that lives for the devil ain't going to make it to heaven. Everybody that lives for me will have life up in yonder. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. I'm trying to tell you that now is the time to work out your own salvation. Now is the time to work out your salvation. It is the time to seek God and let God change your mind. This is the main point. He said, when I went to the presence of God, when I sought his face, everything changed. He had to say, no, nah, man, God is real. They telling me he ain't real. I know he's real. And I'm about to go to talk to God because I know he's real. Ah, God, hallelujah. I know he's real. I know he's real. I know he's real. And I'm getting ready to talk to him because I'm bitter in my spirit. I'm getting ready to talk to him because I got some trust issues. And I need God, I need to regain his trust. I'm going to talk to God because I've been acting all kind of way. This is why he can say, God is good. God is good. God has been good to me. God has been good to me because I realize I shouldn't even be saved. I realize that I should be drunk in my old ways, but somehow God got a hold of me and changed my mind. You ought to tell yourself, God is good. Not God. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. I believe that's a song ASAP is singing in his spirit if he would be alive today. I thank God for saving me. I thank God for rearranging me because he could have left me in my sinful state. He could have left me in the gutter and in the muck and in the clay. But I thank God that he changed my life. You ought to thank God that he changed your life. All he's asking you to do is to seek him. Give him another chance and watch God change your life. I thank God for saving me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. I thank God for saving me. Hallelujah to your name. Listen to what he says as we're closing here. He understands that he was bitter he understands that he was, he, he, he realized that he was foolish and ignorant. And he even says, God, I felt like I was, I know I, look, I know I was foolish and ignorant. I felt like I was an animal in your sight. Because I was all kind of crazy. And he submits something. And he tells us in 23 and 24 that God is his God. And that 25 and 26 that God will be the strength and remain the strength of his life. He said, I almost slipped, 
But when I got recharged, when I got into the house of God and I talked to him, he rearranged my perspective and told me that the wicked has an end. And he set me back on the straight and narrow path. And thus, I understand now that I was bitter. I'm telling you, when you get into the presence of God, God starts to show you why you even did what you did. God will tell you the root of the issue. He don't want you just to do the service up. No, he wants you to dig in the root and pull that thing up. I was bitter. We don't know why he was bitter, but he says that I was bitter. And because I was bitter, now I'm thinking about all this other stuff. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God that he took that bitterness away and set me straight. And I want to encourage you today that you feel how ASAP fell. Are you in that predicament right now? You can seek God's face even right now where you at. I'm getting ready to pray. And you can seek God's face where you at. And God can speak to you and turn you around. Turn your perspective around. Turn how you view God around. Turn how you view the world to be different. God can shape and rearrange you even right now and put you in a position to say that God is my guide. I don't know about you, but God is my guide. God is my strength. As the songwriter says, that I will trust in the Lord until I die. God is good. Father God, we thank you right now for this word. God, we just ask God that you would just touch those hearts, everybody's heart and their mind. God, I'm saying a special prayer to those who feel like Asaph feels that are saying that I'm on the edge of slipping because I'm jealous of the world. I'm, I'm, I'm jealous of what they do. I'm jealous of how they live and how I'm not living how they live. And even though I'm supposed to be saved and living my best life, uh, God, we're rebuking the spirit of envy, jealous to all the fruits of the flesh right now in the name of Jesus. We rebuke all of those in the name of Jesus. And we're glorifying you and asking you, God, to put the fruit of the Spirit all up in their mind, all up in their hearts, God, in the precious name of Jesus. And those that are struggling, that are hearing this message, God, we are praying right now that they would seek your face like Asab did and, 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 and have a conversation and be real, God and confess why they feel the way that they feel so that you can heal their heart. Because we know you to be a healer. We know you to be a way maker. We know you to be a provider. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Hallelujah. We know you to be a provider and a way maker. And so God, we seek your face right now. God, to touch all of our hearts that we would be like ASAP and seek you and not run away and continue to work out our own salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, um, amen. You can certainly give us a call at 916-644-0491. Amen. And our next steps that we have on the screen simply are to work on our behavior. You can, uh, obviously, if you need to, uh, acknowledge the Lord. We have scripture on the screen. We'll have the scriptures on our website. Also, you can go to www.pbnministry.com 
Amen. We have scriptures on our website on next steps. Hallelujah. And, and what that means to be baptized. Hallelujah to your name. So right now, we encourage you right now, hallelujah to, if you don't have a church home, we would love to see you come here at Praise by Nature Ministries. And lastly, amen, if you are feeling led to donate to this ministry, you can go to our website, www.pbnministries.com. Um, or you can text us at 916-545-1284. Amen. Uh, either way, we will receive your gracious donations. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. And we will see you at Bible study on Sunday. I mean, on Wednesday at 7. Amen. Be blessed. Until then, we'll see you. Hallelujah.